Hello there. Welcome back to episode 79 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Jacob. I'm Eli. And today we are going through some very, very, very primo, exciting Star Wars content. We are watching from the 50 minute to the one hour and 25 minute approximately mark of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. There's a very meaty segment. There's a lot happening. And then we are following that up in our painstakingly chronological fashion with the incredible episode of The Clone Wars, Shattered. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Eli, you got anything to say before we hop right in? Yes, just in case. I don't know when we're actually going to post this, but just in case I don't manage to edit this before uh, we post the trivia thing. Jacob, could you believe what happened in our trivia event? <laughs> no, it was a crazy finish. I was totally not expecting that. I know! Who could believe that? Jacob and I are joking, so we're recording this before we're, we record the trivia thing, so we have no idea what happens, but we have to prepare because I said that... Because the trivia thing is publishing on May 18th. That's the deal. I'm editing it and publishing it by that date. I already said it, so I have to do it now. Um... This one, we'll see when it gets out, but... <laughs> we will see, we will see, we will we'll see. see. But, um, anyway, uh, to get out of the way, yeah, we haven't recorded the trivia thing. I did ask Jacob some of the questions that I, uh, that we wrote for Sun Death, and I'm very excited for that match. It's gonna be so much fun. I'm excited to see the, the Nerd Academy fight it, fight each other. It's gonna be great. Um, the winner is gonna get a shot at the winner of, of Michael McCoy and Alden Diaz, which is also gonna be a great match. The leader of the Nihil versus the uh, the tapestry himself. Um, super exciting. Super exciting. But anyway, let's get let's get into this. Let's get into the Sith's revenge. Can I do um, little? Uh, I'm gonna edit this out, of course. But uh, I'll do the Sith summary. You'll do Shatter. Let's do it. Okay. Um, in Revenge of the Sith, in this segment of Revenge of the Sith. Um, Anakin says goodbye to Obi-Wan Kenobi as he, as he departs for Utapau to take on General Grievous. Um, Obi-Wan briefly talks with Cody about his strategy plan for Utapau and Grievous. Um, uh, and then Anakin has yet another dream, um, this time of Obi-Wan comforting Padme as she dies in childbirth. Um, and... Uh, and then he talks to Padme about it. Um, he discusses with her, her his insecurities of the Jedi and his insecurities of where he is. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan lands on Utapau and meets with the administrator of Pau City named Tyan Maiden. Um, uh, Maiden reveals that the Separatists are holding them hostage on Utapau and Obi-Wan um, sneaks up on Grievous. Um, and, and finally jumps down, engaging him in a furious lightsaber duel, and eventually disarming him of all his lightsabers and engaging him in this ridiculous wheelbike sequence. Uh, meanwhile, Anakin um, confronts Palpatine, who reveals that he indeed is the Sith Lord they've been looking for all of this time. Anakin does not kill him, but um, he does make a promise to him to turn him over to the Jedi Council. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan finally gets into a final fight and eventually kills General Grievous. 
Um, Anakin tells Mace Windu that Palpatine is a Sith Lord. Um, Mace Windu then confronts Palpatine with with Jedi Masters Kit Fistos, Aesitine, and Agen Kolar. Um, Palpatine takes out the other three Jedi Masters, and Mace Windu and Palpatine engage in a furious duel. Um, Anakin uh, is told to wait in the Council Chambers while this happens, but he ignores that, goes to the Council Chambers, and goes to the Senate Chambers where they're fighting, to his personal office, um, and makes his decision. F uh, faced with either killing Mace or killing Palpatine, he chooses to cut off Mace Windu's arm, uh, Palpatine then sends the, the old and experienced Jedi Master flying out the window, um, and I, how could I not? How could I not? Tell me. I respect um, it. I respect um, it. <laughs> uh, and, and then, uh, Darth Sidious gives, um, his new apprentice his new Sith name, and we hear the name of the frightening Darth Vader for the first time. Uh, meanwhile, across the galaxy, Sidious gives the orders to the clones, their inhibitor chips activate, and they execute their Jedi Masters in accordance with Order 66. Um, and, um, meanwhile, Anakin storms the Jedi Temple and kills many Jedi as Vader, um, including, of course, infamously, the younglings, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about the younglings at some point, because how could we not? Um, that's, that's Revenge of the Sith. Let's get into it. Let's do. Um, what happens in this part? Well, first off, I want to say I kind of had an epiphany while watching this, and I, I wanted to know what you think. I think, obviously, this has already been discussed by many people at length, but I think Revenge of the Sith really works best not as a standalone movie, but as sort of a keystone holding together all the other stories of this era, you know, the way that it's become interwoven with the Clone Wars, the Bad Batch, oh, so many books and comics. Um, of all of Star Wars, I think it's not, I don't know, what do you think, Eli? I think it's aged. I think of all of Star Wars, since it's come out, it has absolutely aged the best. It has just, it has improved so much as we get more and more context. And, and it really is just a different it, it's a different experience entirely watching it in conjunction with ahsoka and rex's side of the story you know there's a bunch of thoughts i have and i, I completely agree with you this this rewatch is making me appreciate revenge of the sith um like i think i like revenge of the sith now more than i ever have in my experience as a star wars fan i'm still not ready to declare it in my top in the top half of my star wars ranking but like it is undoubtedly, like, the broad strokes of Sith are simply genius. They simply yeah. just work, and I think the construction around them with the Clone Wars, with the Bad Batch, especially with everything foreshadowing, Clone Wars, a lot of, and all the expanded material, um, of course, the other prequels build nicely on it, um, but I think, I really do think I credit a lot of this to the Clone Wars. You know, how many times have we said on the show to a reference in the Clone Wars, oh, and that foreshadows when this happens in Revenge of the Sith. All the freaking time, because they throw, throw in so many freaking illusions and foreshadowings for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It's, and it's it just enhances great. the movie because you've been hearing, you're hearing it, 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 and now you finally see it. And it clicks so much more 
Um, it, it's also one of those things where, you know, um, uh, I've been hanging with fellow Star Wars content creator, um, Mr. Alden Diaz of Octo Radio quite a bit lately, and, you know, he has that whole idea about the tapestry of Star Wars, how different medias play into different other medias and stuff like that, and yeah. Revenge of the Sith is the perfect example of the Star Wars tapestry. Revenge yeah, of the that... Sith on its own is good. Revenge on the Sith with everything we know in canon is great. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it's absolutely, of all of Star Wars media, it's the mo it's at the epicenter of, of so many things. It really is. It's that new hope, pretty much. And I think watching it after, um, after having, you know, I actually just gone through all of the Clone Wars, not just watched through it, but like, talked about it analyzed it spent such a long time kind of moving through it to me i i was really i already had uh i had a pretty pretty good view of revenge of the sith but i am just i am just astonished at how this movie plays when I have everything fresh in my mind of of looking back at every single every single little moment i'm like Oh my gosh! Connecting this back to oh this part of the Clone Wars when when Obi Wan said this or when Obi Wan criticized Anakin for this or when when Anakin was was unhappy here when Ahsoka yeah. did this when when Padme when and Padme Anakin had this it, conversation yeah. like it all just it it just it, it works so well and one of the things I'm really excited about honestly is when. Um, this is the this is the exciting part of the time we're recording this, and this is what makes me so incredibly excited to record this right now, is that we have another major piece of content connecting to Revenge of the Sith in like a month, not even two weeks. Yeah, that that is really that is something. Kenobi so for is Kenobi. going to provide I'm so the middle chapter in the emotional arc that we see started in Sith and ended in A New Hope, and. We can fill in the gaps of that of that middle chapter just fine. Like, you know, like there's there's a lot of oh we didn't need this and stuff like stuff like that in the fandom. Oh this we didn't, who asked for this and stuff like that. Yeah, Kenobi is something that does not have to be done. Like to be clear, I am so incredibly grateful we're getting it. It's the Star Wars series I've looked forward to the most out of all of them. But. We do, we like we could fill in the gaps ourselves, but instead the gaps are being filled, filled in for us, which I'm very excited about because it gives these characters such more of a rich depth and a rich arc yeah. that we can like really explore those details. So we have our perceptions of Obi Wan and Vader now, and they might be different in two weeks, and they might be even more different in in a month and a half when the whole miniseries wraps. And that's extremely exciting to me. Absolutely, it's it's so exciting. It's. I want to talk about something that we addressed in our last episode that we never really followed up on in that episode, and I can follow up on here. Which is, do you remember the conversation we had last episode about Anakin being jealous of Obi Wan? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure I buy that idea. I think yeah. you you talk about it. I don't think. Here's I think if main... anything, Anakin thinks Obi-Wan is jealous of him. Yeah. Here is here is my 
should I say evidence for that? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not really evidence. It's just like my theory. So basically my idea is that you know, so that dream. We got to talk about the dream sequence from Anakin. I find it interesting that Obi-Wan is the one comforting Padme. Yeah. In that dream. Why was it so important for the vision to show Anakin Obi-Wan specifically? I think definitely. I'm not sure if it's jealousy exactly. I don't know if I'll call it that, but definitely something similar where you have Anakin, I guess it's, it's his constant kind of worry that eventually comes to, to fruition where he kind of can't control this, this anxiety anymore that everything is kind of working against him and that everyone is kind of in cahoots to hold yeah. him back. And Absolutely. even though it's not directly them sabotaging him, somehow him not, I, I guess, yeah, him not being there for the birth of his kids and Obi-Wan is there. Yeah. Is kind of a manifestation of that. I would that, say. That's my main thing is like, it might not be jealousy. It might not be like that full. Maybe it's not jealousy. It's like, Resent some kind of res is resentment for sure. It, it is. It is. I, I. Yeah. It's. It's more complicated than that. But like something yeah. about Obi Wan being there when Anakin isn't. Yeah. Obi Wan being the one to comfort Padme. Obi Wan being able to do all these things, and yeah. combined with the dialogue later, um, not in this covered in this, but like um, you know, on Mustafar of you know, uh, you brought him here to kill me. Yeah. Like uh, when you combine it with that, yeah, it's clearly his. And, and there's some anxiety that that's playing off of that's like, and and I also think about the Jedi Council not sending, um, not sending Anakin to fight Grievous, but who do they send? Obi Wan. They send Obi. Yeah. They send Obi Wan. Clearly, isn't that meant to be? Like at least Anakin's perspective. Clearly, isn't that meant to be like, yeah, you're Anakin, but just better. I, yeah. I'm sorry. You're yeah, yeah. Toby one. Um, it, it's it's really. Um, it, I I think it's a really interesting idea that Anakin is to somewhat, to some degree, either jealous or resentful or just has some negative connotations towards Obi Wan specifically. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything for the dream, or should we move on? Um, for the dream, I didn't really have anything for that, but I wanted to talk about the scene of, of Obi-Wan embarking on his journey, and, and Anakin and Obi-Wan yep. say their goodbyes. You are strong and wise, and I'm very yes. proud of you. Because this this one really pulls, this really pulls up the heartstrings, obviously. It to me it was it was so it's bittersweet obviously it's very bittersweet because Anakin it's An Anakin's actually like genuinely apologizing to Obi Wan which it, it's really rare because I guess we see a lot of him kind of being forced to to apologize or implicitly apologize or kind of stand down but here he's actually. He is actually apologizing and trying to 
to to find his peace find peace with obi-wan um and it ju- that just makes it all the more tragic that this is one of the last times that there's that understanding between these two and then you have obi-wan kind of it, as much as we get in the clone in most of the clone wars in the movies you have obi-wan also opening up to anakin yeah and him kind again, of explaining this, this reaches back to what we were talking about last episode about those things left unsaid you know what did obi-wan say to anakin in this time what did anakin say to obi-wan but more importantly what did they not say to each other what were yeah. they not able to confide in each other um yeah. that was a good start and that was all it was yeah <laughs> they needed obviously there was like this I mean, was now, like it's a shame it was the end because that was a really great start to the process there's like a two-minute like heart-to-heart conversation but what they need is like two hours hour they need hour they need hours and hours of mediated counseling with a therapist i think yep that's what they, that's what all the jedi need to be honest that's what every, yep. that's what everyone in this movie needs that's yes. what everyone, especially yeah padme and anakin anakin and yoda anakin and mace windu yeah, pretty much Anakin and everyone in this movie, they, they need group therapy or something. Because there's a, there's a lot going on here that, that, that it doesn't quite add up. <laughs> yep. If only the Jedi had gone therapy, this entire movie wouldn't have happened. Um, uh, I will say this about... Um, uh, I, I was going to move on. Moving on to Anakin's... There's Anakin's chat with Padme after the dream. You know what I'm talking about? The I'm not the yeah. Jedi I should be talk. Oh, yeah. That's one of the, for me, one of the realest Ross moments um, that we get for, from Anakin also, you know? Yeah. I, I will, I like will say this. Like him actually trying to, to confront himself. Yeah. I will say this about this scene. That scene, genuinely, like, I will, I, I, I will, you've heard me criticize some acting choices by Hayden Christensen before, but Hayden Christensen nails it in that scene. The way he goes, I want more, but I know I shouldn't, is just perfect. You could totally, yeah. you could just see it in his eyes. You know, there's, I think we were talking about this last episode where there's, like, it seemed like there was only one emotion going on in it, on Anakin's face through the entirety of Attack of the Clones, but in Render the Sith, there were, like, ten different ones going on at all at the same time, and you could always read it in his face. I, I think it's just really beautiful. Um, and... And yeah, I, and I really it's, it's incredibly beautiful. Yeah, it's incredibly beautiful. Um, you got anything um, else before Utapau, or should we go to Utapau? No, let's uh, let's get on to Utapau. Um, Utapau. Well, we're back in Pau City. Um, we haven't been here since like the cursed, the cursed half animated episodes. Yeah, that we did. Now, Those now they're very full, interesting. Now they're fully rendered. You like that? Yeah. You know, I still have <laughs> a couple of. I still have a couple of uh, screenshots of, of Anakin and Obi-Wan in their crazy comical half-rendered states. Uh, a couple of screenshots just on my desktop. Um, 
just for the just for the the meme ability and the you know whenever I need a laugh I'll just you know open up open up one of those and watch their eyes just you know bug out of their heads for a moment it's a it's it's good fun it always it always lifts me up hashtag thank you Dave um hashtag yeah, thank you Dave where what 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 do you make what do you make of the build up the just everything in Utapau? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I want to talk... I don't know if you've ever seen the, um... The, uh... The Revenge of the Sith featurettes, the documentary featurettes for Revenge of the Sith. But I've watched all of those, like, a gajillion times for some reason. Yeah. Um, and for some reason... Like, you know, they interview a lot of actors. They interview Ewan, and they interview Hayden, and they interview, um, uh, uh, Chris Lee, who is Dooku, and all that kind of stuff. You know who they interview a lot on there? Bruce Spence. Mm. Who does Bruce Spence play in this movie? You probably don't know. I wouldn't if I hadn't seen him in the documentary so god darn much. He plays Ty and Men. He appears in one scene, and they include him as much as, like, Christopher Lee, who's, like, Count Dooku. It's so weird. I don't understand why they include that guy so much. Um, like, he was talking about the great thing about being with you and McGregor in a scene. I'm like, dude, you have one scene together with that guy. Yeah. Like, literally one. They made the most of it. Yes, I mean, it's very good, but, like, you had one scene. Um, you know, so that, uh, maybe maybe when they make those featurettes, maybe they don't know exactly. Maybe they don't know exactly how the yeah. how the movie is gonna turn out. You know what's gonna be left on the on the cutting room floor. Yeah, and what's well, is a little weird for me because I find right. it weird that we don't saw we didn't see him at all in Crystal Crisis. Yeah, like he just wasn't there. Yeah, no. Like he's, there's he's all that stuff there. with Governor Blom, and then he gets killed, and then we just meet with this random horde administrator. Who was alive before and was doing his job before, and is just now here, and we just now meet him. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a little bit jarring. It is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. Um, I mean, it's only because we're doing it in this order and that sequence and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But um, I actually really do like Ty and Ben, and I want to know more about him because he does come out of nowhere. Um, I don't have I, a ton to say about. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good. Don't have a ton to say about the buildup. I just I love um, of the moment when he leans in. He whispers, "Battle droids on the I can't remember exactly. It's like tenth level, thousands of thousands of battle droids. Just that the the foreboding of that moment, the fear. It, it's I always want to be like, dude, calm down, man. <laughs> like you I don't mean, even say it so dramatically, man. But it's it's an interesting situation that that compared to the usual." compared to a lot of the usual invasions that we'd seen in the clone wars we have like he's trying to he's trying to keep it secret you know yeah trying to, I, trying to be I, a, I know but he also like has invasion. like the loudest fucking whisper of all time yeah he does have that's true that is true he's the loudest whisper of all time um, <laughs> but yeah um i mean anything else you have for the for the build-up to the duel i don't have a lot um oh well, we gotta talk about the line that has set the internet on fire Actually, we do. For that though, um, how about Obi Wan's uh, two hundred IQ, uh, insane, pro epic gamer move to uh, 
make it look like he left the planet by having R4 fly his starfighter away. Yeah, I think this is the that first is time I've watched cool Revenge of the Sith that I actually, like, registered how he did that. Yeah. Because, like, the camera work is done in such a way that it almost feels like he, like, just, like, yeah. magically moved there. But I just realized how he did that, and, and that was... It, it's good on Obi-Wan's part, I think it's even better on Lucas's part, because of how he, like... Yeah. He, he quickly flashes, he, he's, he has Obi-Wan, like, look like he's getting in the ship. He quickly yeah. flashes to R4 taking off, and then he flashes back to and we're like, wait, what? It was so, it, it, it's, it's, it's such a great, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great choice on Obi-Wan's part, but it's a great choice on Lucas's part. I think it was a great, good bit of camera trickery. I thought you were going to say the 200 IQ programmer moves, I thought you were going to say that sarcastically. Of Obi Wan jumping down in the middle of Separatist headquarters with like sixteen thousand battle droids surrounding him, yeah, and, no. and just declaring his presence to the world. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, he do, that that is that is classic Obi Wan. That is classic Jedi for you. You have one of the greatest. You have one of the coolest, um, smartest moves you can make. Absolutely moving in silence. Uh, Obi Wan, man on a mission. He's completely, he is Bravo 6, apparently I can't stop using memes today. He is Bravo 6 going dark. He's a man on the mission. He's a man on a mission. He's there to get Grievous. And then he jumps down into a room full of battle droids, right in the middle, where they all have their lasers pointed at him. Yep. And he challenges Grievous to a duel, despite really not being sure, based on the evidence that we got in previous uh, encounters, really not being sure. Um, whether whether he can beat him. Um, yeah, I, I do want to just say we got to we got to take a, uh, a minute. Hello there, General Kenobi. You are a bold one. Back away! I will deal with this Jedi slime myself. Your move. Uh, you fool! I have been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku! <laughs> have you seen the meme which is, um, I've been trained in your Jedi, uh, in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku? Well, yes, and I trained the Jedi that killed Count Dooku. Um... I think that's actually from the novelization. I don't think that's even a meme. I think that's just from the novelization, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, if we look at that line in particular, why, why would he say that? Obviously, it makes sense at the time yeah. in 2005. It's a plot, it's, it's a little bit of a plot hole. It's another one that. of those things where, you know, it is just really nitpicky because, yeah, I actually saw that the, the when amount I was that, doing some know, research for this episode. Yeah, it's been the Revenge of the Sith has been augmented by the Clone Wars like a thousand percent, and it's been and it just, diminished the, like one per point one percent. Yeah, you know, but I mean, it is pretty funny. Like I, I think Obi Wan should have just been like, "Yeah, dude, I know we fought like a month ago or something." Yeah, it, it's did, it, did you down? Did he download like a new? 
ro robot training Jedi practice package into his like droid brain part. Now, I know he didn't know all that on his own. It is programmed into his droid body as well. That's canon. <laughs> so it's a yeah. little it's a little funny for him to say that, but uh, it's one of those plot holes that I get. You know what I mean? It's one of those plot holes that I get. They had to. Um... Anyway, um, it, it's one of those things where, like, I get it, but at the same time, like, really? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those small nitpicks that, you know, you just kind of got to deal with. Um, he announced it. You had, had to announce it one last. He had to announce it one last. He knew it was going to be their final duel. He just knew. Grievous was blessed with, with foresight, and he just knew. Um... Maybe, uh, maybe he was trying to, um, maybe, maybe he was trying to just like, I don't know, I'll, maybe, some kind of trying to, trying to talk some trash, you know, yeah, make Obi-Wan feel uncomfortable. As we call in the universe. Yeah, Dunmock. Um, um, so who yeah, knows? Put on some kayfabe um, and stuff. Uh, yeah, but funny um, moment. Um, but on to the duel. Um, on to the duel. By the way, I wanted to talk about this because, like, what my favorite thing about General Grievous, and I genuinely love General Grievous as a character, is how ridiculously stupid he is. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of what he does in this fight make, makes any sense, and it all works anyway. Yeah. Like, spinning those lightsabers around and creating that wheeling path of destruction and skin marks on the ground, there's yeah. no reason for him to do that. I mean, it's, it's cool. It's, it's intimidating. It's really awesome, but, like, there's no reason for him to do that. And it's the so scene funny. It, I love it so much. Yeah, and the actual shot in the movie of him of him spinning his lightsabers and cutting back and forth from him spinning and Obi Wan kind of ducking and going, "Whoa, what's happening?" Like yeah. that moment, it, it it lasts just long enough to get slightly awkward. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where you're like, "Are they gonna fight? Are they are yeah. they gonna do it?" And um, and then and, and then Obi Wan disarms Grievous like ridiculously fast, and most of the the fight is not actually a lightsaber duel. It's the wheel bike chase. Yeah, that's most. That's most of it. Cause... Again, I will acknowledge that. I will tell say this. Um, you know, I you all might remember when we had our second tier list episode with Jacob and the great uh, Mr. Connor Chikiti that I that I put this duel pretty low, and I think we all put this duel pretty low. I think as a duel, it's not very good. I think as a sequence, this sequence yeah. rocks. Because <laughs> as a duel, you get. Basically, Obi Wan, you just he a cuts off a of dueling. He cuts off a couple of. This is peak. Um, this is this is peak soft Grievous. Because he, he like he goes in, he just gets a couple of his arms, just a couple of his robot hands removed, and then he's like, "Okay, well, time to go motorcycle out. Yeah. See you later." And of time to go to my wheel bike. Yeah. Which, by the way, I just bike. realized something about the wheel bike. This is its only canon appearance, isn't it? It is its only canon appearance. Like, y'all had seven seasons of the Clone Wars, and you never once featured that weird thing that Grievous uses once in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I would love to see that make, a, make an appearance, to be honest. Me too. Like, it, it's so weird to me that this is the only... Let me, let me make sure about this. Yeah. <laughs> its yeah, only mean, appearances are in Revenge of the Sith, the first issue of Star Wars 2015, um, uh, Skywalker Strikes, 
um, and join the resistance Escape from Vaudran by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, um, which I don't know how it was, anyway, whatever, um, yeah, so basically, we don't get any more of that real bike, which is a shame because it's ridiculous, it's so fun, um, yeah, it's pretty sick, it, it's, it, it's... It, it, it's, it's just goofy enough. It's perfect for Grievous. Yeah. All of it. it. It is just goofy enough. And that's what I love about this movie is like, as soon as you're like, oh my God, this is such a dark tragedy. They pull out the wheel bike. Like, you know, it has time for all these dark and thoughtful and profound themes, but also it pulls out the wheel bike for a little bit. But also it has like Palpatine and Mace Windu making ridiculous faces during that duel. Like just patently ridiculous. Like, None of the moves that Palpatine makes as a lightsaber duelist make any sense in this movie, and it's hilarious. Yeah, like, absolutely. like the, the the of course the infamous like uh, what do we call it the the drill the drill um, the drill surge through the air, like the like the jackhammer through the air. You know what I'm talking about? The very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That makes objectively no sense, but it's hilarious. Like, leaps twenty feet forward, just like a ten sixty <laughs> horizontal quadruple spin with his saber held above his head like a narwhal horn. Yeah, it's I ridiculous. Mean, it yeah, should it, not work, but it does. I mean, it's. It, it, I mean, it just it follows the rule of cool. Let's yeah. be honest. Like we're not we're not worried about. Oh, this is the. This is modeled off of the 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 traditional like the kendo forms or like that's that I'm was the saying, starting point yeah. that's not the ending point for grievous and palpatine yeah that that is all um i'm not saying that it it needs to be that um i'm not saying that it needs to be completely accurate in fact i'm saying the exact opposite actually yeah, yeah. i'm saying that exactly. it's not completely accurate makes it fun yeah, I agree with you. It's like it's Star Wars. I like to yeah. um, like to get a little wild sometimes. Um, that being said, um, I, I was gonna say something about the the wheel bike thing though. Oh yeah, even go ahead, though go I ahead. do love it, it does play into a bit of a problem I have with Sith that I've mentioned before. You know the over the top factor that I've mentioned. Yeah. The like you know okay so Obi Wan's gonna do a Grievous on Duke Pal. Okay, that's fine. He's gonna disarm him all. Uh, Darm very quickly, and then they're going to do a wheel bike chase. Okay, is that necessary? And then, then they're going to have a complete fist fight where Obi-Wan eventually shoots him to death and breaks open his ribcage. I'm like, are we yeah. sure this is really necessary? You know what I mean? Like, sometimes Revenge of the Sith goes a little too far for my own taste. Like, it goes the extra mile to make it all, all that more over the top and all that more dramatic. When it doesn't, I don't feel like it needs to. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I mean, the closeout to this duel is 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 pretty fantastic. It's much much more exciting than I remember. It's it's visceral. It's intense. You know, when when Obi Wan, you know, I think there's something to be said for how when Obi Wan finally defeats Grievous after their entire rivalry. It's when he actually kind of gets his hands dirty. Yep. Pries open Grievous's chest plate. 
and then boom just goes at him with with the with the blaster yep um and grievous in that scene as well my goodness like even though he is he's kind of winning there for a minute tossing obi-wan around but you can feel the desperation and the anger like he becomes he's more than machine he's more than a person he just becomes a beast like the noises the, that he makes the, yeah i'm gonna say the noise the grunt that he insane. makes when he punches obi-wan you know what i'm talking about the ah, 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 ah. like oh, yeah. what the hell yeah, is like that i can't noise? even i can't even no one can imitate that it's even. Like, so great or like I when, when so obi-wan much. cries open the chest plate and he just like he just goes like oh, oh, oh like oh, oh, oh. oh my gosh the noises that general grievous makes during that are some of the best sounds sound effects yeah. in all of star wars i will not be taking any further questions and then the way he goes out um yep my goodness i mean also we got we got we gotta just say it we got we got we gotta say it what so uncivilized yes it is so uncivilized and dare i say it dare i sound cold bloodthirsty after everything that we've seen grievous do after everything that obi-wan and grievous specifically have have done it honestly feels in a weird twist in a weird twisted way it feels almost cathartic in some awful way watching him just have like the most hor- one of the most horrible brutal deaths possible I, after I mean... becoming this just yeah. maniac it's 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 strange to even be saying that yet it i mean look at obi-wan's fitting. three main rivalries in his life of the three of them two of them have actually very cathartic endings and yeah. for a while we thought it was three too we thought it was like for what sorry for a while obi-wan thought it was gonna be three too because you know he had the cathartic ending with grievous he had the cathartic ending with maul in twin sons and then he thought he had the cathartic ending. I mean, the really tragic, but still cathartic ending with Vader in this movie. But of course, that's going to change. That that changed from A New Hope, and it's obviously going to change even more so in Kenobi. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, while this, we're cutting back between this and another um, sequence uh, in Revenge of the Sith, which is Palpatine finally just letting it all go. Yeah. He finally, he finally reveals everything. Um, uh, I think the, we have, I think we have, the, the, we have the infamous, if one is to understand the great, the great mystery, one must study all its aspects, not just the dogmatic and narrow view of the Jedi. If you wish funny. to become a great and wise leader, you must embrace a larger view of the Force. There um, it is. I want to. Um, to Devor. I was gonna say I was. I actually literally in my notes. I literally was like, I want to use this segment to plug Devor specifically uh, because that plug. show. Good friend. Uh, good, good friend. Friend, 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 friend of the show. Force. Amazing. Uh, amazing podcast. Great show. Great keep dive. He plays that clip all, in all of his intros. I can hear the music right now as I'm playing it. Go check him out. He does great deep dives. His fiance is also pretty badass too. We've had her on a few times. Uh. But uh, you know he's it's that that show is good and I we had to we had to do that reference because his, his show is referenced in yeah. this scene. Of course, um, big ups to Devor and McDowell. They do absolutely. great work. One hundred percent. Go check go check all their stuff out. Absolutely, Meg is starting a I'm new a show. Big fan of both of theirs. Really, Meg's starting a new show. Yeah. 
I didn't know. Um, oh, good for her. Uh, yeah, she's. Uh, this this is not like this is pretty new. This is um, what is it called? It's it's a. It's called now. This is lit. A Star Wars books podcast. Ah, uh, I like it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and and she's gonna start that soon, and it's gonna be. I, I, it's I'm so excited to listen to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I do so, want to just talk about the scene and Ian McDermott. I I fucking love how like he goes from Palpatine to Sidious, back to Palpatine, back to Sidious, and over and over again, effortlessly. It's so impressive. Yeah. He do, he does an amazing job. He's and, basically and, playing two personalities, yeah. and yet he's able to switch back and forth and make them seem like they they come from the same person, which yeah. obviously do so skillfully. Yeah, and it's the way he's kind of not only is he is he flip flopping, but he's also slowly merging them. It seems. Yep. As he realizes he's getting Anakin, he's getting Anakin to the tipping point, and and when Anakin pulls a lightsaber on him, he realizes, oh. I might have, he, he kind of jumps the gun just a tiny bit, I have to admit, for all his mastery. But it's incredible watching him in this moment kind of, this is basically the penultimate, the penultimate final touch, the finishing, the, the cherry on top, the very yeah. last, um, the very last little dab of icing on the giant wedding cake. Yep. That is. And his marriage kind to of, the dark side. Yeah, it's him grooming and manipulating and 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 molding and and guiding anakin for years and years and years it's all come to fruition you can feel his excitement in this scene you can feel him kind of hedging being like oh my gosh it's so close i have to get this right i only have one shot and 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 there's a lot that you could not believe that were said in the movie but said by anakin in this movie make quite a bit of sense I'm thinking, are you going to kill me? I would certainly like to. Like, who would say that? Like, that is, like, here's the thing. A lot of, I think, the dialogue in this movie is bad in any other context other than the one it's presented in in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's perfect for the context of the movie, but, like, can you imagine somebody, like, a police officer turning someone or, like, some sort of law enforcement turning someone over and the cr- criminal asks them, are you going to kill me? And they go, I would certainly like to. Yeah. I, I, I was just thinking about that. Like, that's... It, it, it's such a weird piece of dialogue there. But, um... But it, it's laid out so perfectly and, um... I want to talk to, um, uh, I, I want to talk about, uh, Anakin and, um, um, I want to talk about Anakin and Mace Windu's, um, conversation. Oh, absolutely. Let's talk about I it. I think this Chancellor Palpatine is a Sith Lord. A Sith Lord? Are you sure? I'm like, Mace Windu, come on, man. Like, you literally just said the scene before, um, you, you literally just said, like, a few scenes before, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. The dark side of the Force surrounds the Chancellor. Like, you can't just say that and then be shocked when he's a Sith. It's like, it literally takes him being slapped in the face with it, and then he still doesn't believe it for a second. 
Also, the fact that he openly admits to Anakin that he does not trust him and he will only trust him if if his suspicion that the Chancellor is the Sith Lord is correct, which, by the way, it is, and he wonders why Anakin cuts off his arm. I love the scene of Anakin waiting in the Council Chamber so much. Yeah, that's... The, I'm I'm getting oh my gosh I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It's this the Anakin the way Anakin and Padme you know they both they both look up at each other's buildings as the sun sets across the skyline. Anakin just in just absolutely wretched in so much pain. Padme going through it too, and oh god the music in this scene it is just. It is so, so heartbreaking. And it's kind of, I think it's just Anakin realizing, like really kind of coming to terms, both Anakin and Padme really come to terms with the fact that Anakin is lost. Yeah. You know, not maybe I... not necessarily in the sense yet that he's completely lost to the dark side, but he, does, he doesn't know where to he's, turn. He's going down that path. He's going um, down that path. He knows one of those that things it's where give. Yeah. I feel like this is my opinion. At least give George Lucas a scene of dialogue to write, and it will turn out very good. Give a George Lucas a scene with no dialogue to write, and it will turn out extraordinary. Yeah, I think this is an amazing moment because obviously no words spoken, yeah. and yet he I think in this moment, piece. I think in this moment, Anakin kind of realizes that his his life his destiny the war like his marriage with Padme I think he this is the moment everything in his life you know his his path is as a Jedi's his relationship with Padme um his relationship with Obi-Wan everything the Chancellor I think this is when he realizes or kind of accepts that nothing is going to be the way he wishes it would be yeah absolutely. and that things are going to change for the worse and it's feeling inevitable at this point mm -hmm. i think that's what this that's what the that's what this feeling is and it is just absolutely gut-wrenching i can't i can't say enough good things about this little scene right here i really can't yeah no i it, it, it's 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 incredible um let's 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 talk about the duel let's talk about the duel between yeah. palpatine and the jedi it is um, the 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 memes are memes are plenty. Let me tell you. Oh, they're um, they're they're heavy on the ground here. Thick in the on the name ground. of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest, Chancellor. Um, are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate, <laughs> not yet. It's treason, then. They ignite the lightsaber, twirl through the air, and Kolar's down, and then Tin's down, and then Fisto's down like 10 seconds later. Um, it's a little bit disappointing. It is, but I understand why it was necessary. Yeah, I un it, it is necessary. It is also disappointing to see these Jedi Masters go out like total punks. Yeah, go out the way that they do, but I, I understand why. I think Kit Fisto. Um, yeah, yeah. Kit Fisto is the one that makes me hurt so much because he was, 
Because I like to think that he's, like, and I, I think this was true in uh, Legends, that, like, he was still smiling. Yeah. Um, uh, as he died, which is just so heartbreaking. Yeah. It is, yeah, I mean, for someone who, I think he was just kind of, everyone was like, oh, he's so cool in, in um, Attack of the Clones. And then he eventually, you know, got got a little bit of, didn't get enough, I think, but you know, he got he got some airtime in attack in um the Clone Wars, became a fan favorite in the Clone Wars. It is a sad, sad way for him to go, just slapped out like it's nothing by one of the greatest force users, a greatest, most powerful force users of all time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there you there you go. There, yeah, and then we have we have the crossroads that we reach in this decision. We have um, what what George Lucas refers to as the Anakin says yes, Luke says no, um, juxtaposition. Um, Pal- uh, Mace Windu standing over Palpatine with that lightsaber, and he tells Anakin that he must choose. Yeah. Um. And. Anakin and and Mace Windu repeats Palpatine's line from earlier in the film, even though he doesn't realize it. He's too dangerous to be left alive. Yeah, and Anakin that's a great. That's such a great that touch. realization, or at least in his lines, the real, eyes, the realization that the Jedi and Sith aren't that different after all. And he chooses Palpatine, and he chooses the Sith, and Mace gets thrown out the window. <laughs> he um, does. He yeah, does. and and RFP I, to a real I, one. It, it's you know like. It's one of those things where, like, the, the some of the dialogue is executed pretty softly. I don't really like the, he's the traitor. No, he is the traitor, Anakin. I'm like, yeah. really? Do we have to? But, like, the themes are all there. The symbolism's all there. The imagery is all there. It it, it, it is, the, the ideas are all there. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh. You know, we have unlimited power, Palpatine's true face being revealed, Anakin asking, what have I done? It's this just, like, you know. Yeah. And then we hear the name for the first time. We hear the name for the first time. Henceforth, you should be known as Darth Vader. This whole sequence is just freaking incredible. To, like... I gotta say, the, the wrapping up of all these things, the wrapping up of the arcs in Sith, um, like, like you know, hearing Vader for the first time, getting to say, talk about Vader as a character, you know, um, and, like, hearing the Imperial March as, like, a real tangible thing, it, it's, it's, it's glorious, frankly. It's, it's tragic, but it's glorious to hear it and to hear yeah it really is yeah um oh. this entire yeah the sequence the duel is the duel but i mean the duel after, is fine the duel is nothing special honestly it's pretty cool but you know it's that prequel thing where you know if you like it you like it if you don't you don't either it's great or it's over choreographed i'm kind of on the fence with this one um i think it's fine i don't think it's yeah. great i don't, I don't have terrible. yeah I, I i'm a fan i'm not a huge fan um I mean, the exchange, what once Anakin gets there, yeah, like, 
just the the desperation that Palpatine is able to to pull um, to pull from Anakin. Um, obviously, um, and just the fact that Anakin even goes so far as to decapitate Mace Windu rather than block his blade. That just shows, yeah, where Palpatine has has gotten with him, and then immediately after, what have I done? He just he knows. Like I think in the book of this is not canon anymore, but in the book of Sith, there's a whole section by Palpatine about how to turn someone to the dark side, and they have that. <laughs> now I'm just talk- imagine how to turn someone to the dark side in ten easy steps. Yeah, yeah he kind of has this. He kind of talks about how he has this thing where. Where you they have to protect what they love or they have to they have to save what they love. And they basically he basically says that um I, I can't remember the exact quote, um but well, the saving what someone loves. So you are saying you like the yeah. last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I guess Palpatine Sorry, I, I mean and Anakin was saving Anakin was trying to save what he loved. Hashtag yep. Rose was right. Um Hashtag Rose Tico, man. Um He says something along the lines of um in there in in like the person that you're trying to turn to the dark side the subject it's like once you push he says once you push them hard enough in their desperation they will commit an unforgivable act yep they will do that one thing that pushes them over the edge and, and then and they'll do he it says, again yeah and then he says from that point on after that one act their old life is over and their new pain. life as a dark sider has begun and that's pretty much yeah. that is this that is this moment when anakin lops off mace windu's head and then watches as palpatine jumps up and blasts him and in, into the sky with lightning and and the, and a lot of these lines uh, following anakin's anointing as darth vader are scary in the film but horrifying with the expanded materials you know, yeah. we're looking at every single Jedi, including your friend Obi-Wan Kenobi, is now an enemy of the Republic. Do yeah. what must Garble. be done, Lord Vader. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. You can feel the weight of those words just weighing down on you. It is this... You know, it is it is very much the shit hits the fan section of, of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking a lot about how we've always, we've been talking about how, we've been talking a lot about how arcs of the Clone Wars and certain stuff serve as Palpatine's plan. Yeah. We don't talk about that anymore because this is it. It's yeah. done. It's We're here. Succeeding. We've arrived. We've arrived. It, this is, this is it. This is now. We're doing it. Um, and it's so chilling to witness the words saying into the, like, you know, there's also that, of course, once more the Sith will rule the galaxy, and we will have peace. Yeah, it's great. I, I said in my notes, I, I, I really do like this. We have just witnessed the revenge of the Sith. That's yeah. it. They've taken their That's revenge. That's it, yeah. Um, Pack it up. This is the moment. <laughs> it's, it. it's incredible. And, and, and as the crown jewel of that, we get, of course, another meme and another bone-chilling and iconic moment from this episode. I and mean, from this scene. 
Commander Cody, the time has come. Execute Order 66. At that moment, Cody and all the other clones inhibitor chips activate. They fire on the Jedi that they've served on, you know, for three years. They're friends, they're allies, they're family in some cases. I mean, found family is what I'm saying. But, uh... Yeah. But it doesn't matter because the inhibitor chip's too strong for that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've talked about a lot about the clones and how the Clone Wars goes to develop them as characters so much and not as these mindless soldiers, which makes it hurt even more when... Boom, snap of a finger. They're basically the, like the droids they were just fighting against. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> it's, it's brutal. It is just brutal. Um... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and it hits so much harder knowing everything that is concurrently happening in Shatter. Knowing yeah. everything that takes place in the Clone Wars, knowing in some of these instances just how close and, and really humanized these clones became to their Jedi when they were supposed to be these uniform yeah. knights you of shining armor. You remember how close and Bly were? You remember that? And you see Bly shoot her in the back. Yeah. I mean... It's awful. It's, it's devastating, is what it is. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about Shattered. Why don't you? What do you think, Jacob? Let's talk about Shattered. Yes, let's talk Shattered. So, in Shattered, the penultimate episode of the Siege of Mandalore arc, we open with the Siege of Mandalore having been completed. The Republic forces take Gar Saxon into custody. Bo-Katan cries, watches. Um, Ahsoka Tano comes up. Maul is bound behind her. Kryz and Tano exchange, exchange some words. Um, you know, they they have their farewell. Um, Bo-Katan, you know, looking out over the wreckage of Peace Park, reflecting on everything that she did, everything that her sister did. Um, Rex comes up. The Jedi Council um, talks to Ahsoka. Some words are exchanged there. They don't quite get the exchange of information they need because Mace Windu, you know, of course he's got to go and get all catty with Ahsoka and say, oh, no, you're a, you're a citizen. We can't tell you this. Um but, you know, we kind of get some of the same discussion that we already got in Revenge of the Sith. Mundi says Palpatine must give up his emergency powers or they must be removed from office. Mace Windu says the Jedi would take control of the Galactic Senate. Um, so Ahsoka, we have, the, we have those words. Um, Bo-Katan and Ursa Ren escort Maul um, to, the, uh, to the shuttle and they take him onto the, um, onto the Venator-class destroyer. Um, then we have the betrayal. Um, Ahsoka and Rex, they exchange some words, but before you know it, Order 66 is sent. Um, Ahsoka uh, f manages to fight off some of the clones. She escapes. She manages to isolate and locate Rex, knock him unconscious, um, takes him to a medical bay, does some surgery, does some force wizardry, gets the chip out of Rex's brain. Um, but not before she... Uh, not and then after that or before yeah not before that she um not before she actually releases maul in order to uh not before she releases maul 
in order to um, create a distraction. Um, so then she saves Rex, um, and yeah. And then and there it ends there, yeah. Yeah, it ends there. Um, um, but it's it, this is really all about Order sixty six. Yeah, shattered is shattered is our 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 turning point episode. It is absolutely. Um, if yeah. everything leading up to this moment, um, if everything leading up to Order 66, uh, if that was like, like I think I said earlier, like watching a wave getting ready to break in slow motion, this is this the is moment the that the wave breaks. Yeah. And then next this is episode, what it's all led to. When we'll get to this on our next episode of the show, but the victory and death is going to be the consequences of the wave breaking. Yeah. Like, victory and death is going to be everyone swimming around, trying not to drown. After the wave has, I'm really has digging this analogy. Out. I gotta say, <laughs> I think I think George Lucas, I think George Lucas would probably say, uh, "Shattered is the key to all of this." It's the key to all of this. If you know, if we get yeah. shattered right, you know, everything else. Um, yeah. Uh, but where do you want to start off with this episode? Oh gosh, because I mean, I don't really have anything until the council meeting with Ahsoka. Yeah, this episode is just freaking insane. Um, it is. I absolutely this love entire little... arc is freaking insane. Yeah, this is like peak. This is like peak Star Wars. This, this is, is peak just, Star Wars. It's on another level. I can't stop. Uh, I one hundred percent agree with you. The um, they're very like Star Wars does not have to do a lot for me to be good, but Star Wars has a lot to do for me to be special. This is special. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and genuinely though. I love the mournful clone music, uh, the clone motif we get at the at the start of the banner. Um, yeah, I think that was a really nice touch. I genuinely feel bad for Bo-Katan for a moment. Wait, what? So good. Yeah, when she says that war is all she's good at. I mean, you see her looking out over the destruction of Mandalore, over Peace Park, which is quite ironic, shall we say? Jake, what did you just say? I genuinely feel bad for Bo-Katan for a moment, yes. I'm having, like, an existential crisis. Right now. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Relax, You can't relax. feel, you can't feel bad everything. for Bo-Katan. That's not, that's not legal. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I didn't know. So, in any case, um, it makes me wonder if she is in part responsible. I think maybe that's what it's saying. I'm not sure, you know, for the Empire being able to sweep in and, and subjugate Mandalore. After all, I mean, she helped lead the Death Watch uh, to destabilize Mandalore. She agreed to strike a deal with Maul, giving him the road to eventually rule. I she knew you were going to find Grand some Army. way to blame this all on Bo-Katan. I know, I know. Here we are. She, she begged the Grand Army of the Republic to break the siege, basically handing them over temporary control yeah. at the worst possible time. Granted, she didn't and know And of course she had unlimited um, foresight and uh, precognizance to see that the, the Republic was going to turn into an empire in five minutes. I mean, if I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna go after Mace Windu for some of the things that he does, which he had no idea, which he couldn't possibly have known the consequences to, we got to apply that same standard to Bo-Katan, and ooh, it's not looking too good for her, I have to say. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, no, if we're talking about Mace Windu, then we got to talk about the council meeting because I have some yeah. choice words for Mace Windu. Oh yeah, I think the council meeting. Yeah, that, that's where we got to go next. What are you? Uh, what are you gonna? What are you gonna say? Lay it on me. So. Do I think that that I've been too harsh on Mace Windu for this scene in the past? Yes, I do actually. Um, th- th- here, this is your breaking stuff in the episode. Jacob is apologetic to Bo-Katan, and I am apologetic to Mace Windu. 
This is this is the stuff that you come to in a galaxy. Anyway, um, however, do I think he deserves criticism? Yes, I do. Um, the like, you know, I understand from Mace's perspective that it's not for Ahsoka to really pick and choose where she's involved in Republic operations if she's no longer a part of the Republic. Like, I get that. That is the part where I agree with Mace Windu. My only thing yeah. is, wh- wh- where is it, where in that idea is he the one to, to be able to dictate that? Who gave him the authority to say, you can't do this, you can't do that? He is one of the highest Jedi in the Order. Yes, I understand that. But Yoda still outranks him. And Yoda seems some genu- seems to have some genuine remorse about um, where Ahsoka went. And frankly, even if Yoda was was in his position, I don't think Yoda would have that authority. I think there's only one person who would have the authority to do with Republic military matters like that, and that would be the Supreme Chancellor. Or yeah. deputies that he had appointed. The Jedi don't operate in the Republic military structure. Really. So to operate, so like to... It's kind of nebulous if they do or if they don't, you know what I mean? But for yeah. them to dictate whether or not people can or cannot be involved in the military is not a very... is, is a really slippery slope because they're not a military organization. I mean, it gets into it what are the Jedi is. and how the Jedi have lost their way and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I... Th- those are my thoughts on that. And, and like all, but like again, also like on Ahsoka's, also on Ahsoka's slide uh, side, she's not a citizen. She's a former Jedi. She is a practiced fighter. She has led the Republic to victory in many battles. She had just captured Mole, which is something that Republic agents had failed to do for the last year and a half, basically. Like, show her some goddamn respect. Yeah, give her a damn respect. Let's be honest here. Yeah, this was. I, I'm a big. I'm a bigger Mace Windu fan than most. I definitely am a lot softer on him, but this was. This was definitely not the moment for him to. Uh, yeah. It's definitely not the moment for him to to get on his uh, his high horse. Um, yeah, Mace Windu. Mace Windu uh, led a siege on Ryloth to to capture Wat Tamor, who can't even fight. Cool, fine, okay. Um, you know he did the thing with Bardada in season six. Cool, you 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 defeated Mother Talzin, and, and you really didn't either anyway because she was later defeated by Grievous. Ahsoka yeah. fully defeated Maul. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Um, so with that in mind, um, Anakin's call or Ahsoka's call. This is just heartbreaking to me because no, especially Obi Wan. Yeah, we in this entire council thing, you know. Oh no, no, no! no Obi Wan was last episode. Never mind. Yeah, knowing that if the Jedi hadn't decided to send Anakin to Palpatine. Wait, wait. Let me let me try and figure out what my notes are saying. Yeah. If 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 the Jedi hadn't decided to send Anakin to Palpatine to to talk to him, seeing Ahsoka and talking to her could have prevented him possibly from going to the dark side, or it could have changed things. You know, butterfly effect and all that. So, I was pretty dismayed watching. You know, Anakin goes to talk to the Chancellor, and then Ahsoka comes and. That's that's crazy because just knowing, you know, knowing talking to Ahsoka as opposed to talking to Palpatine, what could have happened for uh, what could have happened for for Anakin? It's a 
it's a it's a shame. It's a bit heartbreaking, I it, have to say. It is. We 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 could have seen how much Ahsoka might have been able to prevent. Um, we'll never really know. It's the tragedy of it all. I mean, I, I know I've been talking about the tragedy, the tragedy, the tragedy, but really it is. Um, uh, and of course, we got to talk about Ahsoka not telling the council about the um about uh her um about what Merle revealed to her. Yeah. Like she there's literally I think um I think Ahsoka I think Yoda says to her, Ahsoka, more to say of you or something like that. And she goes, No master, even though it's clearly on her mind about Maul about what Maul tell, told um told her and even even Rex comments on her. And there is and and I, and I there is a part of me that does feel like Ahsoka like you know, she's been under so much stress in the last few days. Maul, like, isn't exactly a trustworthy source. So, like, she might be, like, she, she might be playing right into his, his hands, for all she knows. Um, uh, and he, or he could just be straight wrong, uh, frankly. Uh, so... Yeah. And so I, I, I will defend Ahsoka's decision not to, um, I will defend Ahsoka's decision not to, uh, uh, tell the council about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it would have turned out better had she, but, you know, it's, it's understandable given everything that's, uh given everything that's happened. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, what else? What else do we have? You know, we see Maul getting loaded up. I love just the little detail of the, the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian artwork on his cage, you know, just the, 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 the that crate thing. Yeah. The call, the callback to, um, I guess all, all that we've seen in the Clone Wars and just the history of, um, the history of um mandalore you know they have they've got experience uh they've got experience with yeah, force users they totally do have say. experience with force users um let's see uh do you want to get onto the star destroyer going into hyperspace and ahsoka and rex's chat before um, the order yeah, let's do it. Um, this is such an amazing sequence. I think everything it is. It's, is it's so filled, eerie. It's filled with that foreboding. Yeah. Yeah, it's filled with foreboding. It's filled with just this. The music is just absolutely on another level here. The high, mournful notes, the trailing, droning, ambient notes, the menacing, pulsating bass. Almost it, the way it kind of right towards Order sixty six. The way it almost drowns out the actual sound effects. It just it so perfectly captures the the fragility and the ephemeralness of 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 these final moments between um between Rex, between Ahsoka, the last time that we're gonna see Ahsoka just just get to be in a somewhat for her somewhat normal situation. It's it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree that, that 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 there's that and, and the conversation that they have is really interesting, I think too. You know, Absolutely. and it's it's gonna touch it on a theme that I'm excited to get into with you more 
as we go into the the uh, double, I guess you could call the double-digit seasons of the Galaxy, 11, 12, everything post-66, is, you know, we've been in this war for so long. We've been in the Clone War for so long. But it ended. That's what happened. It ended. Yeah. And all of our characters now, their entire lives, are going to be completely upended. They, some of them, like, the clones are the perfect example of this, of course. They were made. They were literally manufactured to fight. But the Empire, the Republic, like, also the Empire, has made it clear, very clear, and this is a lot of the focus of the Bad Batch, that they don't need them anymore. Yeah. So you have this army that you, like, specifically created to be an army, but you don't need them to fight. So what exactly are they doing? Yeah. And Ahsoka is a wartime Padawan. Her only purpose was to fight. She doesn't want yeah. to do anything else as a Jedi. And now, even still, like, she's not a Jedi anymore. But still, even since leaving the Jedi, the only thing she's really done is fight. Um, so, to build anew, to forge your own path, to think for yourself, and to think, to follow your own path is, is going to be a major theme of these, of these, um, next few years, you know, we have, like, 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 the Bad Batch is very much about that, Jedi Fallen Order is very much about that, um, and I, and I think it's going to be really interesting having those conversations and seeing what these characters make of the new situations that they're in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, just looking at, at everything, um, um, that's happened, you know, Rex, his mixed feelings about the war, you know, he says like, if it wasn't for the war, we wouldn't be here. And then Ahsoka's perspective too, of she's supposed to be a peacekeeper, but literally her entire life as a Jedi has been being a soldier. It's it's such a, a tragic moment just knowing what comes next, but absolutely having having this between the two. But it was a very it's, important it's so conversation great. to have to jumpstart that era of questions, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um absolutely. And you know, we have that last bit of Shakespearean esque tragic foreshadowing. We see um Rex see that he got new orders and you want to scream at the screen no don't take those orders yeah you know yeah. what's in there but you know that when you click play again after you've paused it it's all gonna happen there's yeah. nothing you can't do that's kind of what makes that's what makes these episodes and this part of the story so amazing is that part i guess what makes it so compelling is it's so Every single time, it's so, you're so achingly close yep. to just one thing happening. And there's all these moments where if just one thing happened just a little bit differently, maybe all this or some big part of it could have been avoided. But nope. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Can't do it. It's always do it. emotional damage. <laughs> emotional damage. Um... That's the... That's the um, that's the that's the watchword of these uh 
these episodes, these segments of the sh- of the of the um Jiggle, the I think we need to call damage. this episode emotional damage. I think we do. Yeah. Um uh should should we get to it? Order sixty six? I think we should do it. It, it this is just peak Star Wars. This is one it of is. the greatest moments. I, this has got to be, I think, top five greatest moments ever put in video for Star Wars. Live I'm, action, I'm, I'm not sure if I go that far, but like, yes, it's very. Good. I was, I am so sold on this. The way the Maul and Ahsoka both, you know, sensing, hearing the vision, hearing what's happening with Anakin, the Ahsoka, the archive just, audio from Revenge of the Sith in the background. Yeah. Her Ahsoka just saying Anakin. The 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 way Order sixty six is called when she walks out, and then you see Sidious, you just see his mouth. Like everything just slows down, yeah, and grinds to a halt for one dreadful moment. It is simply perfect. It is a sublime sequence, is what it is. It, it this just, is sublime, sublime yeah. content. Yeah, it, it it is. It is. Even though it hurts like a motherfucker, it, it is just. It hurts like a motherfucker. It does, <laughs> and. The thing that hurts the most for me, and this is something that means so much to me, what's Ahsoka's first sign that Rex isn't normal? His helmet drops to the ground. Yeah. Now, most clones, their helmets are pretty uniform. But what do we know is different about Rex's helmet? He's customized it. Yeah. It's unique. Like the unique oh, person Oh, I see where Rex you're going was. with this. And he drops it to the ground, and suddenly he's like any other trooper, and the troopers are are machines now, you know? Yeah. The ultimate irony of in- Order 66 is that the clones become just like the droids they were fighting against. He loses his individuality. He loses his individuality, and literally it goes falling to the ground. Um, you know, it doesn't... I, I wrote in my notes. It doesn't matter that he and Ahsoka are like siblings. It doesn't matter that they love each other. It doesn't matter that they would do anything that to save the other's life. All that matters is he's a clone, she's a Jedi, and those tools, yeah. two roles have now been decided that cannot exist at the same time. Yeah. Like, and yet the the Jedi have again. It's it's very it's very much like a you know I'm not gonna say the Jedi got what was coming to them, but some of them did. But it's like these lives. Ahsoka is not part of this. It's the innocent getting caught cut in the crossfire. It's innocent lives, it's innocent relationships that are the consequences of leadership's mistakes. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And yet, and yet, Rex was somewhat resistant to the chip. You know, he tried to fight it. He got out one last message, told her, find fives before the chip takes over completely. Like, I'm thinking, what what caused that? I think maybe... I assume Fives gave him some kind of, of, of tip or information or just that the whole Fives incident, Rex being privy to that, whatever it was, he knew something wasn't right. And that was enough for him to to have a moment of, of resistance. I, I think it's the other Rex is extremely strong will as well. Yeah, he's like strong willed. But I mean, there, there's precedent for this. Like, do you have you read the Kanan comic, Eli? Uh, no, but I know generally what happens in it. Yeah, well, in there, there's a clone who is, he's able to kind of... I mean, we it's don't a little need, bit different. need to look to the comics, frankly. Yeah. We can look he's to the Bad to, Batch. Yeah. I mean, he's able to resist Order 66 after he's convinced... After uh, the uh, King convinces him that it was done against his will. Um, yeah. Um, in the Bad Batch, 
Um, yeah, that match as well. Absolutely. Resists for a little while. Um, and Hauser, too. The, yeah. the Hauser is the one I'm thinking of the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the Ryloth episodes of the Bad Batch. It's not unprecedented. Yeah, it's absolutely not. It's absolutely not uh, unprecedented. But I think it, that makes it all the more poignant that he that he he, he even knows yeah. it's very difficult kind of but like you know what's going on yeah. yeah um let's see but but yeah uh that those shots of ahsoka deflecting blaster bolts from the clones and then jumping into the jumping onto the ceiling is just like it's terrifying oh my goodness it really is, is. It ever? um and i i will say um uh, this is uh, this is a note I wrote, and I, I I love this idea. Freeing Maul was what was probably one of the smartest short-term decisions Ahsoka could have made, and also probably one of the dumbest long-term term decisions Ahsoka could have made. Oh, a hundred percent. But she had I, I think she had no choice. Like I think she, uh, she had no choice again. But she knew that. But she had no sh- choice. Yeah, very smart in the short term. Stupid as hell in the long term. Yeah, because she says she says. Uh, when he's like, "Hey, character, give me a fighting chance," she says, "I'm no, not dude. I'm not for rooting you. for you." Which I think this is the most un-Ahsoka thing. I mean, maybe it's not because because I mean, her and Maul is serious. Even though obviously they're they're a little more tangential than one another, they got some history. Um, but I I don't know. I would have liked to see Ahsoka and Maul. Maybe it maybe not if not team up the way Maul's like. Join me. We must defeat Sidious together. I don't think that would have been. I, I would have liked to see it, but I think it would be the things they would have to the they would have to do, the things the creators would have to do to make that work in the story would not be worth it. I would have liked to see them. You know, one of my one of my favorite parts of Star Wars is when a hero and a and a villain or or two enemies are kind of forced to reluctantly work together, like in season one of the Clone Wars. Dooku captured. Dooku captured. Yeah. Like a, a situation like that with Anakin and Maul, yeah. and maybe just them exchanging some information, you know, having some some words similar to the way um, Rex and Ahsoka kind of reflect on their experiences together. I think that could have been could have been absolutely amazing. Um, In my opinion, I don't think this was the right place for it, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, um, it definitely it definitely would have made it into a much different the story. So I'm glad that they did it the way they did. I am too. Yeah. But I, I definitely, I would be lying yeah. if I said I didn't think they could have could have done a little bit more, no, even I, if what they did. I, was I get good. it. Um, you know, like um, I I also really like um, this is one of the one of the reasons I think this is one of the best arcs in the Clone Wars is that you can connect all of this back to season season one or season one adjacent arcs so you can go like yeah. here here's how you can do this like imagine this you, it's like a it's like a it's a it's a like a flow chart sort of thing so like ahsoka uh, rex gave ahsoka the information to find out about the inhibitor chips because he knew that from fives in the order 66 arc fives willpower and from the order 66 arc was probably like a lot of it was was gotten from Umbara in the fourth season. He was only skilled enough be, to be placed on Umbara in the fourth season because of his operations um, on the Rishi moon 
and on Camino in Rookies and Arc Troopers, and you've connected all yep. the way back from the fir- to the first scene of the show yep. to show the very consequential domino falling nature of this show, which is genius to me. Yeah, I, I, I am, I, yeah, I'm, I'm so in awe of what they've done, and I, I'm really grateful for all the little touches that they've, they've added just to show, hey, we're, we, we know what this is, we know how important this is. To everyone um yeah i love it um and then ahsoka moving on ahsoka you know she isolates she she gets rex she teams up with the droids knocks yeah. him out by the um, way she uses what to defeat clones the droids yeah maybe they're ironic. not so different after all yeah quite ironic um i mean <laughs> yeah it's the the irony there is it, it's it's perfect it's perfect um but i mean yeah what do, what do you have for for the operation on a on a rex other than like like obviously we gotta talk about um the rogue one reference which is a really strange canon connection that i want to get your opinion on um while ahsoka is trying to probe rex's brain for the inhibitor chip she whispers to herself, I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. Yeah. And later, um, Rex says it as well. Um, and, um, of course, that is more well-known from Shuriam Way in Rogue One. What do you think about that reference? Like, like, do you think it works? Do you think it doesn't? Like, what do you think? Um, I think it, it it's a little strange, you know, just making me wonder, wait, where did this... Where did where did this come from? Um, what's the story here? But I, I didn't mind it too much. Yeah, I think it's fine. I actually I, I like it quite a bit. I think it was done with purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. It was. I, um, which is which is what, what more than we which is more than than that uh, than we need to like justify this whole thing. Um, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, do you have anything else for this episode? That was pretty much it. I was just... I have two more notes for this episode, so yeah. let me just... I just love this episode. I'll, I want to rattle on my two notes. Uh, we got to talk about Maul's hallway scene. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, we do. There are three hallway scenes in canon right now. It's Maul in Shattered, um, Vader at the end of Rogue One, and Luke Skywalker at the end of The Rescue. Curious, how would you rank the three of them? What, sorry, same again? How would you rank the three of them? The, th- the three things. The three hallway scenes. Oh, man. Um... Wait, so that's, uh... Maul and Shattered, Vader in Rogue One, and Luke at the end of uh, the rescue. That is a good question. I think I would rank. Gosh, I mean, none of these scenes to me. I don't think I'm quite as into them as as many people are. Um, I think I would rank the vader one first even though i think it is a bit overrated um 
Like I don't, I don't think as many people on the internet seem to seem to say that it is the uh, best movie scene or best movie action scene of all time. Um, oh, but no, I, no. I do appreciate it. I like seeing just the sheer ferocity of Vader, just him going ham, the 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 absolute fear he inflicts. So yeah, I would say. I would say Vader one. I would say Maul two. And I would say um, Luke three. Luke three, yeah. I would say here's the thing. My, my thing is um, Maul three for me because I don't like Maul that much, and also <laughs> I don't think it hits as hard for me in animation as it does live action. That's just a thing for me, um, specifically yeah. with hallway scenes. Um, and Luke and Vader are close, but I think I'm going to put Luke above Vader because I remember the pure glee on my face when I saw that green lightsaber. Um, like, that that was... Cra- and it was also so in line with the Jedi Code because he wasn't actually destroying living beings. He was destroying property, um, which is not against the Jedi Code. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the droids are not living. Uh, and uh, so... I, I love that, but I'm I'm not a huge fan of this mall one. I kind of understand why people like it, but like, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. And then we got to talk about these final few lines of this episode. Rex, how widespread is this? Ahsoka, it's all of us. That was just an incredible line. When you like to end the episode, and realize holy shit, the next episode is, is us is is going to be us against the world. It's going to be Rex and Ahsoka versus the entire Star Destroyers worth of clones. Like that's pretty monumental. The 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 scale and the scope of that is frightening to say the least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and I, I really do, do, I really do like that. Um, I love it. I love the, I love the, I love these moments right after the, um, right after, um, Order 66, where we're kind of, the characters are trying to, they're, they're, everyone's in shock. Everyone's trying to figure out what happened, you know? trying to take the measure of this and that's such a such a good um such a good example of that as you said there there is very much a what now yeah um which is extremely scary um i think that's gonna be it though for shattered and i think that's gonna be it for this episode of um star wars in a galaxy um thank you so much for listening um you can follow us on uh you you, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at In a Galaxy Pod, Instagram at Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, l- listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we will be there. If we're not, email us SWNAGalaxy at gmail.com. Um, next week, next week, uh, I'm putting this out on a Tuesday. Tomorrow, when you're listening to this recording, tomorrow, Wednesday, Jacob and I are releasing the first Star Wars in a Galaxy epic confrontation trivia match, which we recorded last night. It was so much fun. No spoilers. Um, but I think you're really going to enjoy this trivia match. Uh, it was it was a classic. It was an Indie Galaxy classic. Um, and 
and then on Friday, we're going to proceed with our regular schedule. We're going to release episode 80 of Star Wars in the Galaxy, uh, which is going to be the rest of Sith and uh, Victory and Death. Um, and in the meantime, may the Force be with you. Always.